And a very good afternoon. Hello and welcome to everybody listening in in Toronto on 640 Toronto in Hamilton on 900 CHML in London on 980 CFPL. And honestly, it's impossible to pick. But that song, that song right there, Lovers in a Dangerous Time, probably my favorite Bruce Coburn track. Again, it is so hard to pick. I mean, after all of these uh, years, I mean, a half a century of material to pick from. Bruce Coburn, he is back on the road celebrating a pretty big milestone. And to lead things off, let's welcome in the legend himself, Bruce Coburn, joins us now. Bruce, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing okay, thank you. Listen, you? I'm good, thank you. A real pleasure and honor to have you with us on the show. Congratulations on uh, 50 years. And I guess we're going to file this under better late than never because this anniversary tour, sadly, like many things, uh, got postponed because of the pandemic, right? Yes, the, the actual 50th anniversary was 2020, as the first album came out in 1970. So uh, we had a lot of shows booked for the for the the the, the original notion of the 50th anniversary tour, uh, all of which were canceled, of course. And then, so now, you know, I, two years later, we're getting back to it. We've the tour has sort of been in progress now for a bit. We we did a run and. Western U.S. in December and in Northeastern U.S. in uh, February and March, and now we're hitting Ontario. Uh, so it's uh, uh, the, the great thing is it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's it been like being back out on stage uh, once again uh, in front of a crowd? Oh, it feels great, really. I mean, I, I, it's um, I missed it over the two years of not being able to do it, and. Uh, it's it's just really great to be back able to to put these songs out for people and and share the space you know it's a, and the feeling it, I, it really is one of sharing i all of these shows have been distinctive in a way or maybe that's not the word characterized anyway by uh, a, a kind of enthusiasm on the part of the audience that's just a little different from what i'm used to historically like that people are just so happy to be out in a crowd, you know, and not terrified. I mean, I, it's, it just, you, you really feel that. And I, I feel it from the stage and I think everybody in the audience feels it too. It's just, it's, it, it makes for a really nice evening. Yeah. And of course, uh, celebrating this uh, anniversary, this milestone, the 50th uh, anniversary, albeit uh, a little late, uh, has that added an extra something I would imagine to the shows, Bruce? I mean, the response you're getting from the crowd and uh, what's it been like uh, for you on stage? Uh, it's been not so different for me on stage. I mean, you know, it's, it, it is a milestone of some kind, the 50 years. Uh, but I'm I'm essentially doing what I've been doing for those 50 years, so it's not that different. <laughs> but but uh, um, the, there is a sense, I think, uh, that's sort of in the air, of, especially for the people that have been listening for that long, and there are some still alive that, that have. And... and uh, so you know, there's there's a kind of I suppose nostalgia around that, but uh, really, it just feels like a, uh, an event in the in the here and now, just like you'd want it to. Mm-hmm. Has it been a time of reflection for you? I mean, I think life slowed down for us all during the uh, pandemic, and many people have been uh, reflecting back on uh, things. And as you you know, celebrate fifty years in the music business, fifty years since uh, your first album, has this been a time to kind of look back and think, uh, you know, what, I've done okay. 
Well, there is that, but I I, I have a ten year old daughter. Um, you know, I, my, her mom and I are, um, you know, dealing with with it just. First of all, my wife uh, MJ has been working right through the whole time. In contrast to me, who you know, where I've been kind of the idle one, but but uh, although I do have a bunch of new songs that, that we're hoping to record in the fall, but uh, but um, really my day to day for the last couple of years has been getting my daughter to school. She's been fortunate enough to be able to, uh, other than for the very first couple of months of the shutdown, have been able to go to classes live, you know, and uh, sort of get. Get, get the real education that we want our kids to have. So, um, so you know, I mean, I, I get up in the morning, I get my daughter to school, and I pick her up at the end of the afternoon, and uh, and in between I do whatever else has to be done in the day. So I don't feel like I've been all that idle, other than mm-hmm. I haven't been able to tour. Uh, I think we've been, I think we got off lucky uh, because my wife has been working right through for one thing, and, and so we've had an income. Lots of people have been in much more difficult circumstances than we've been. But, um, but um, you know, it's uh, it's just great. I mean, I don't think it's over either. I, let it, I mean, as we see, there's, you know, you guys, we're not hearing about the sixth wave in the, in the U.S., but we certainly are hearing about what Canada has to say about that. And and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. But, but I, but little by little, we're learning to live with it and learning how to to, to uh, make the adjustments that we need. And you know, so I look forward to to a greater degree of uh, what perhaps the comfort's not the word, but at least kind of a uh, familiarity and 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 able uh, ability to deal with these circumstances. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, Bruce, you just said something there that really resonated with me, that there's uh, people off, uh, worse off than us, basically, in far worse circumstances. And part of your legacy, of course, as we look back and celebrate 50 years in music, has been your many humanitarian efforts, uh, your charity work. Uh, We've seen the music industry respond once again in support of Ukraine. Uh, Just wondering, uh, where did that come from uh, for you? And uh, why has that uh, always been important to you? Um, it became more important as as the seventies went on. Let's say I, I I don't I didn't think about it much in the sixties. Um, you know I was aware of the goings on around me, and I was raised to kind of pay attention to what's going on in the world. But um, and to have a certain degree of compassion for people in difficult circumstances. But uh, it didn't really start taking on a personal aspect for me until I started traveling across Canada in, in the early 70s. And it, it, I think it really at first, I mean, we all hated war. I went to music school in Boston in the middle of the Vietnam War, and, and the, there was lots of weirdness in the air because of that. And there were people that came back from Vietnam that were severely messed up, and uh, some of whom I was acquainted with. But, uh, but it, it really the sense of kind of needing to do something about it or, or, and feeling like I might be able to um, came, really came when I first started meeting indigenous people in Western Canada. I'd never met anybody from, with that background growing up. And, and so then, you know, the, in the early 70s going West, I, I met Tom Jackson, uh, Shingus, and other native artists who are basically 
my peers <clears throat> and, and guys my own age um, who had grown up in very different circumstances than mine and, and just understanding, coming to understand what, what their experience had been, I found very disturbing and moving. And I, I, think, I think it kind of started there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it, but underneath all of that, I, I, is also the, the premise. I mean, whether you identify yourself as a Christian or not, most of us grew up with the notion that, that you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, I mean, you know, we may have, have had materialistic and or agnostic parents or whatever, but, but you still heard that phrase and you still heard the, you, you still got the feeling uh, that went with it. And I don't see uh, how you can love your neighbor and, as yourself and watch them suffer. Yeah, and was music for you, was it also a vehicle to get that message out? Because your music is passionate, it is thought-provoking. I mean, I'm thinking about songs like Rocket Launcher, uh, If a Tree Falls, uh, you know, catchy but always with a deeper meaning. Uh, How would you describe kind of your catalog, your music, uh, in your songwriting verse? (laughs) Well, it varies from song to song, but for me, it's just always seemed important to put some truth in there. Um, whether the, even even in the case of uh, uh, you know sillier songs or song, songs that attempt to be humorous or something, or a song like "Wondering Where the Lions Are" that people hear as a very lighthearted song, but it actually isn't. If you uh, if you dig into the lyrics, it's 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 mostly about death, <laughs> but and the death of the environment. But it, but it's it's uh, um, uh, I just think. I don't think there's any rules around this. I think it's okay to write any kind of song you, that you're motivated to write. But for me, it, it, the, that motivation has a lot to do with um, with what affects me emotionally. And so I look around at the world and I'm touched by things and those, those things end up in songs. And, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, we uh, started this interview by playing uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Time, which is obviously such a great song. And I've always wanted to ask you about a particular line, that famous line, got a kick at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. I mean, that's just so poetic. Uh, where did that line, where did that come from, Bruce? I don't know. Out of out of the air. <laughs> it's just um, the... the uh, uh, the, the song, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I remember kind of where I was when I wrote the song, but I, I don't remember very much about the actual process. It's a long time ago, but, it, but the, the, the line itself, I just seemed like the, the, the next thing to say after what, what precedes it. And it, it seemed to me, some people, when I first, when my friends first heard that song, it's like, Oh, gee, that's it's kind of violent, isn't it? You know? And well, I mean, look at the world. <laughs> it, it doesn't compare to what's to you know to people getting shot in the New York subway or people dealing with landmines in Ukraine or or whatever else. I mean, the world has been full of violence for a long time, and as long as there've been people in it, and and uh, so you know, I don't I don't think it's. I think there are times when you probably don't want to be celebrating that violence. Uh, maybe, maybe, you didn't, maybe we don't ever want to be celebrating it, uh, but it exists. And and I think that if you're going to be, uh, if you if you're going to make an angry gesture of some kind, uh, 
pick a pick the good target, pick pick darkness, pick evil, mm-hmm. pick at that. You know, you know. It's uh, I mean, I suppose that the pitfall there is it's that sometimes people think that's what they're doing and they're not. They're 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 just picking on their neighbors, like the Russians who think that they're freeing Ukraine from Nazi domination or some bullshit like that. Pardon my language, but that 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 stuff. I mean, it, it's ridiculous, but. But uh, we do fall prey to these kinds of things, so you have to watch out for that. But, but that said, I mean, there's just there's so many things that need addressing in the world around us that uh, I don't think I I don't think I think uh, there's no as the, the song also says there's never a breath you can afford to waste. Mm. You know, I mean, we're here, we're stuck with this, uh, and we got to deal with it as best we can and yeah it's okay to to dance and have fun and and whatever from time to time but it's also really necessary to to look hard at the things that that need looking at and and to try and address the problems that we're confronted with and you have done that uh, through your music for as i mentioned uh, half a century congratulations on the anniversary bruce also on your recent inclusion on to Canada's uh, Walk of Fame and want to remind everybody that uh, Bruce has got concert dates in the area coming up April 21st, Kitchener Center in the Square, April 22nd in Toronto at Massey Hall, amongst them. The great Bruce Coburn. Bruce, really appreciate the time. It was great having you with us here this afternoon. And again, congratulations on everything. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for having me. It's been nice to talk to you. Likewise. Bruce Coburn with us. And we're back after this. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.